Well, God bless you. Good morning, believers. Matthew chapter 5. Whoa, what a trip, man. We're in the book of Matthew. And I'm just excited because we talked about Jesus' birth and preparation. And we talked about the birth of the childhood and the declaration of Jesus' principles. And we're now getting into the ministry of Jesus. And we see that Matthew's gospel serves several purposes beyond presenting a mere biography of Jesus. Listen, one purpose is to prove to the Jewish readers that Jesus is their Messiah, the Mashiach, and the promised King. And so we went over the genealogy in chapter 1 to point out that Christ is the one who inherited God's promise, promises to David of an internal dynasty. And so we see that Jesus, you know, right here is the messianic he is uh he is we are the messianic believers and he is the messiah and he is the hamashiach and we see that he is god and 100% human and 100% god we see how he lived a beautiful life on earth and he was perfect and we see though many many jews and non and non believers and everybody else that was on earth at the time and still and still are today you know, some were blind to Jesus' identity. And so Jesus had to say, look, I am the royal blood. I am the one that came from, uh, you know, the Old Testament here. I am the one. I am the light. I am the way. I am the truth. And so Jesus unashamedly walks on earth, lives a life that's perfect, that nobody could live, and it's radical because we can't make it without Christ. He then takes this radical uh, life that he lives and presents it to the world. And we see it in the genealogy, we see it in Matthew, and we see the proof in the Bible where Jesus is talking about in the Beatitudes now, of the three, there's this, this is the three parts of the Beatitudes, the blessings, and the reasons why, and it relates to Psalm chapter one, and it's it's the it's it's each Beatitude, it talks about the way, the the, the picture of the kind of person who will inherit it, who who will inherit Christ's kingdom, and so the the third aspect of this, you guys, is is the coming kingdom, and why we need to be excited about. God's coming. And this is radical, man, because, you know, it says in Revelation, uh, you know, it says in Revelation that in chapter 21, verse 8, you know, Jesus talked about the cowardly, the unbelieving, and the vile, the murderers, the sexual immorality, the, those who practice magic arts, the adult adulterers, and all the liars. Man, they're, they're going to be uh, consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur, and this is the second death, and people are thinking, oh man, here we go again, fire burn, burn message. No, man, it's really about the Beatitudes and how Jesus doesn't want anybody in that place. And so he sent, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the sins that, so that we don't have to live in hell. We will not burn in hell. If you're a believer today, listen, believers, you're not going to burn in hell. 
God, if you're going through it right now, it's because God's testing you. Or you're being tempted by the devil, and there's a difference. Satan will tempt you. He'll get you to want to look at women or, or men. Or he'll get you to want to steal, lie, cheat, uh, you know, whatever it may be to focus your ways and, and eyes off of the Messiah. Listen, and we talked about that last week. We talked about the oaths and divorce and retaliation and adultery. And you might be thinking, oh, man, this guy got a promotion. And I don't like it. It really makes me upset. And, you, and I, I just feel the need to retaliate. And God's like, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to retaliate. You don't need to go after nobody. God will get that person. Listen, pray for him. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Believers, welcome to growing in his word. Father, we come before you. Oh, Lord Jesus, we ask that you, Lord, retaliate. Not us. It's about your your message, Father, and your hope. Today we pray that your loving mercy and grace extends beyond the earth in the heavens and reaches, comes back to this place and touches the non-believers and believers. In your name, Jesus, amen. Listen, God bless you guys. Last week we were in the book of Matthew and we're talking about adultery. These are the uh, divorce oaths and we talked about retaliation. And we talked about how it said, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old in verse 33, Matthew chapter five, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. You notice how it says to the Lord, not to men, because when we do it upon to the Lord, things start to work out in life. When we start making oaths to men, that's when we lose hope and focus on Jesus Christ. We see lots of people that want to keep oaths. Some people think they can keep the oath and they want to keep the oath, but they can't keep the oath because they don't make it to God. They make it to themselves. Years ago, I started a ministry and, you know, not too long ago, and I had a guy that wanted to start something and, and he, he, all these oaths were there. Oh, we bonded an oath and an oath and an oath and an oath. But he couldn't let his yes be yes and his no be no. And so... The damage that was done because he couldn't actually keep his oath destroyed a lot of stuff, a lot of future plans that God had. And so therefore he now suffers, you know, with his own problems. And see, God will take care of people, okay? So we see this in 34, it says, and we're going to go on to talk about it. Because it's important, believers, it says that again, and he says again, again, in verse 33, again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, okay, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But verse 34 says, but I say to you, do not swear at all, neither in heaven, in heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, okay? And remember when, when it said, and remember, not, not, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, verse 36, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yeses be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. And that is exactly what I'm saying. You see people making these oaths, and they make it, to men, okay, and they break it, 
or they make it to God and they break it. We have to understand that we got to get our eyes off of man because man makes oaths, but God makes promises. And so if God's in it, we're going to win it and we don't have to worry about any kind of bitterness that comes through that. And that's what a lot of believers go through in the church. They get hurt, they run away, and they see that something happened to them and they want to retaliate in a nasty way. Especially some pastors. Not all of them. Really good pastors out there. But there's always that silent one that thinks he knows everything and, you know, he wants to secretly, you know, Whatever he does. But it says in verse 38, you've heard that it was said of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. Listen, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to the other to him. And also, if anyone wants to sue, sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give, listen to this in verse 42. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. These are not my words. These are Jesus Christ's words. Remember, he's sitting on the mountain. He's sitting in Jerusalem. He's sitting right there. He, he, he's, I used to eat a falafel right there. And he's sitting there and he's talking to multitudes of people. And he's just talking to them. He's not screaming. He's not laying on hands and screaming at people and saying this and this. He's physically, orally saying I love you guys and you need to love your neighbors and you're thinking I can't I can't love my neighbor and there have been times even myself where I'm like how am I gonna love this guy especially when the neighbor moves in and you couldn't stand this person from the outside and God just, you know, he moves them in one day. You wake up and you got a new neighbor. You're like, whoa, hey, I remember you. You're the guy that stole my money 10 years ago or destroyed my marriage, whatever it may be. God says, you have heard it was said in verse 43, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and do, listen to this, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I've been through it, you guys. Listen, I've been through it. My name is persecution. My whole life has been persecuted as a, as a, as a believer and a pastor. Through my own family, my friends that I thought were friends, they persecuted me. It happens. But you know what you got to do? You got to write their names down. Listen to this. You got to put a check mark through it and say, Lord Jesus, I pray for them. Lord Jesus, I pray that you use them mightily. No, seriously, check this out. If somebody you don't like in this world, believe me, I got lots of people that I have on a list that did me wrong in the past. And this is how you get over it. It's never going to work if you don't, trust me. You're going to bang your head against the wall. You're going to dig deep. You're going you're gonna to You're going to get cancer. You're going to get sick. You're going to get bitter. You're going you're gonna to think of the worst thoughts in history. Don't let Satan rob it. Don't let him rob your joy. Believers, listen. I don't care who it is. If it's your mother, your grandmother, your sister, your brother, your friends, your uncle, your boss. Put that person right there and say, Lord, look, look. 
Look, look, I know, I know that you made these people, Father, for a reason. But I have no control over what they do. And I've been persecuted. And the Lord, and I know that you, Lord, have been persecuted before me. And you said it, Lord. You said, Lord Jesus, that we would be persecuted. And now, Father, I pray that you just take these people and you write their names down. And you change their lives, Father. And you use them like no other human being has ever been used. In your name, Jesus, I pray. And you watch what happens. Because Jesus was persecuted. In this way, and this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. John 5, 16 says, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. And then it says in Matthew 5, 11 here. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Indeed, all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. Second Timothy, he said that to the pastors because we're the ones that really get it. Satan hates us. He doesn't want us to talk about his love and mercy on the radio. He wants to stop it. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It comes with the territory. Some people, they don't understand when they get saved, man. They're like, oh, praise the Lord. Everything's peaches and cream. <laughs> and Satan's going, oh, yeah. I got them right where I want them, peaches and cream. No, Jesus said, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's a short suffering, man. It's just for a little time. But understand, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 17, and Romans 12, 14, but this one says, but understand this. And this is, put your name there right now while you're driving your car right now. Whoever you are. Put your name there. But understand this, Steve, Betty, Bob, Luke, whoever your name is, that in the last days, there will become times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self-lovers, of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, and un unpeaceable. Especially when you take their video games from them. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, not loving good, treacherous, man, reckless, swollen with conceit. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm the, oh, wow. You ever see those ones? Heads so fat, you could just like blow on their head and it'll pop. Boom. I'm so conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. What does it say? It says, avoid such people. That's the trick. Believers, that's the trick. Run from them. Run, Forrest. Remember that movie, Forrest Gump? That's what I did when I met some people in a ministry. They were rotten. I seen it, and I ran from them. Never went back to that state. Never thought twice. Never looked back. It's been years, and my life has been... Perfectly manageable. 
But the moment you give in to these people who are arrogant, abusive, money proud, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, and it goes on. Second Timothy 3 verse 1 through 17. And, you know, you can see that in Romans chapter 12 verse 14, it says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. And that's what you need to do. And so we see this. In verse 43, it says, you shall, you, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is Jesus, man, not me. Don't, don't throw the rocks at me. <laughs> it says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those spitely that use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. That's the trick. Look it. There's the reward. That's the trick. Hi highlighters, get it. Note takers, get it. Sons of your father in heaven, listen. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Ooh. Wow. Wow. I had a guy messing with me all the time. And one day he got hit by a truck and he died. Whoa. I was like, man, I really, I didn't, I, I didn't pray for, I didn't pray for him to die. And God was like, well, I did. I took him because he was going to do something I didn't want. But that's between God and him and them. I don't laugh and we're not supposed to laugh when God does make the range. <laughs> when the, you know, when, when he makes the sun rise on the evil and on, and you know, you know, I mean, we're not supposed to you know, laugh at the calamity because Jesus says that, you know, vengeance is mine, thus says the Lord. For if you love those who love you, listen to this, verse 46, and here's the key. This is the key to the whole sermon, you guys. You ready? Circle it, verse 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And even if you if you greet your brethren only, what what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We see it. Look, we see it. You can't please people. We can't, you know, we, we can't hate our enemy. And... Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, sums it up. They have the reward. It's, you know, God's going to pay him in full. But don't let the devil distract you from the reward of Christ given to you as a follower. Chapter 2 of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, talks about it, man. And, you know... Don't pray with nasty motives either. You know, you, you need to pray and, 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 and truly, truly love those who, pers who persecute you. See, the wicked flee with no one, with, with, when no one pursues, but the righteous, righteous, the righteous are bold as a lion, okay? And when a land transgresses, it may have rulers but with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. Okay, Proverbs 28. But a poor man who oppresses the poor is, is a beating rain that leaves no food. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law 
strive against them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Listen, Jesus is teaching us about how we live, how we should live about, be about his business. He's talking about, you know, we're going to talk about that next week, fasting and wealth and, and judging and, and, and all that stuff. But, but, but Jesus is talking about love and mercy. Remember when Christ washed the disciples' feet in chapter 13 of John, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover in Hebrew, Pesach, when Yeshua knew that his hour had come, he would depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And listen, Jesus loved them to the end, and he, and he loved his own so much that he washed their feet. Listen. I want, I, want to, I want you guys to understand that. He loved his own. Who they Listen to this. Verse 2 says, And supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, I know you know a bunch of Judases out there, Simon's son to betray him. Now listen to this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into the hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Amazing. Jesus Christ is washing the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel in which he was girded. Now listen to this. Then he came to Simon, Peter, and Peter, and said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter was like, wow, this is the trip. You know, Peter said to him, I would have probably been thinking how gross, man, because my feet stink. And so just like our sins. And so Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Yeah, it was, it felt like disrespected, right? So, but Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Forgiveness. Listen. Spiritual cleansing. This is the cleansing Jesus wants to clean us. And, and Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, and Judas betrayed him with a kiss. We see this. We see how he betrayed him, but Jesus forgave him. but he did the unthinkable. Listen, the symbolic as a believer from washing the feet and cleansed, you only need to be cleansed daily of your sins. That comes through confession. Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, not only as a model of service, but it represents the ultimate service, forgiveness of your sins. Believers, understand that you're not all clean, some of you. And some of you right now have that, that, that evilness, anger in, in you of unforgiving and unloving. And Jesus is saying, look, let me wash your feet. 
and you and you won't let them. You just won't let them wash your feet, and they keep stinking, and they getting they're getting stinkier, and they're getting stinkier, and getting stinkier. And one time I had when I was eighteen years old, I had a pair of shoes, and I didn't want. I liked the shoes so much, I didn't want to get rid of them. I loved them. Oh, I love these shirt, these shoes. They were the, they were the coolest Reeboks I ever had, and. God, and I, my mom was like, dude, your feet are stinking, man. You got to get something stinks. And it, it got so bad where, uh, you know, I, my sister took me to, I was in Carpinteria one time, uh, you know, and my sister took me to a store to get some shoes and I took the shoes off and wow, man, they stunk so bad. The guy was like, oh, the guy wanted to throw up. He was like, these can't be your feet, man. I go, yeah, they are. I like to shoot so much. He's like, wow, are you kidding me? Dude, you need, you need to put some medicine on them feet. You need to get some new socks and everything else, man. And God's telling you, you need to wash your feet, man. Put some cream on there. Get some new socks and get some new shoes on, man. And let the Holy Spirit forgive you. And love you. Listen, man. Listen. Jesus gave us life. The love of God demands obedience. And it, it's not a burdensome. God, God commands free believers to, to, to be the people they were originally created to be. Holy beings who clearly reflect the image of God. And so we got to remain in him and abide in him. Okay, this is what God wants. Forgiveness, love. No one's seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. And listen, believers, this is how you know. And we're done. And we're done. We're going to wrap it up. First John talks about knowing God through love. It says in verse 7 of chapter 1, First John, it's First John chapter 4, verse 7. Listen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And listen to this, verse 9, in this love... God was manifested toward us, that God had sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's the key. Listen, believers, no one's seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us. So if you don't love your brother, God doesn't abide in you. And his love has been perfected in us. And how can we forgive one another if God doesn't live in us? If we don't have the love, ahava in Hebrew, ahava. If you don't have God's love in you, you cannot be forgiven. Because obviously God doesn't live in you. Because that's, it's real simple. If we love one another, God abides in us, okay? And his love has been perfected in us. And by this, we know that we abide in him and he is in us because he has forgiven us 
and uh, he and he has given us i mean he has given us his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as savior of the world and whoever confesses that jesus is the son of god god abides in him and he is in god listen to this and he in god and we have known and believe the love that god has for us god is love and he who abides in love abides in god and God's in him. Isn't this amazing, believers? <laughs> Listen, man. God wants to forgive you. This is the Beatitudes. That's the whole story of the Bible. Love, mercy, forgiveness, repentance, confession. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Have that on your knees, one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. Not like... Yeah, that guy got me, Lord. Get him. <laughs> God doesn't like that, man. Oh, that guy burned me. God's like, chill. Out. Let me change him. Give me. Let me. Let me change him from the inside and out and give him my love. I mean, think about it. We're all sinners and we all fall short, man. It's not up to us to judge, and, and we, it's up to us to forgive. That's where it starts. That's where the revival starts. This is the true revival of Jesus is what he's talking about. This is why a lot of churches are scattered because of the bitterness and the unforgiving heart, man. I used to be there, man. I know how it feels. Love the Lord, and you'll never go wrong. Let him wash your feet. Let him wash your feet. Let him wash those nasty, stinky feet. Whatever it is, let him wash it. Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, that you're able to wash us, Father, from head to toe. Lord, go before us now today in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for growing in his word, man. Next week, we're going to we're going to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to talk about that judging. We're going to talk about, you know, what it takes to be a real follower of Christ and what, what it's like to enjoy the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. God bless you guys, man. And remember, keep praying for growing in His Word and growing in His Word uh, ministry. It's a, it's, it's a free uh, free ministry. There's no money, no donations. All donations we ask that you give it to the homeless. God bless you guys and, and may the Lord bless you.